listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. Welcome to the Paul McGuire Report, wherever you are in America or across the world. Think of our reality. Think of the world that we live in. Think of it in terms of it being like a gigantic, huge, massive puzzle with the puzzle pieces all fitting together, just like, you know, a kid's puzzle game would fit together or maybe when you were a kid or whatever, you would lay out a puzzle on the floor and you would find ways to fit the shapes together. And what started out as a meaningless, abstract collage of colors and and visuals that didn't really make sense. It was like all abstract. But as you slowly worked on assembling the, the puzzle, the the random pieces of the puzzle that didn't make sense all of a sudden, you saw meaning, you saw coherence, you saw that the puzzle reflected and projected an image, a visual of something real, whether that something real uh, may have been spiritual, like love, uh, or something about Jesus Christ, or the history of mankind, or a wheelbarrow, or a car, or a rocket. I mean, who knows? The possibilities of creating a lifelike pictorial shape through a puzzle are endless. And in the computer age, it gets into like an infinite number of possibilities. Okay, so most people that you know and that I know, the overwhelming majority of people in America and around the world, they are looking at the reality that you and I and they live in they look at reality on a daily basis. And I'm talking about millions and millions of people in America, all different states and the European Union and every continent, especially the Western nations, though, because they have access to more uh, electronic social media. So you see that when you talk to these people, and many of these people are like coworkers or uh, relatives or family members, or husbands, or wives, or children, or grandchildren, the people that you interact with, where, where you, you may spend a few moments, and people drop their guard briefly, because it's against the societal conditioning to, we talk a big game in America about, like, transparency and accountability and blah, 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 blah. But, but we have no real commitment to it, and we have no real intention of following that through. It's just those words make us feel better. They soothe our conscience, and, and they help us reinforce this total mad hatter insanity that we now call reality going on all around us. I had to interact with some people in, in a different state. And uh, because I'm a Bible teacher and a pastor as well as an author, et cetera, uh, people will often come to me uh, for kind of spiritual advice or counseling. And and they they open up. Or you just talk with people. And I, I, like you, I make a real effort to try to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit before I start talking to people about spiritual things. 
I really purpose in my heart and mind, my intention is to be as strategic as possible and to use the wisdom and knowledge of God to its highest degree. Why? So that my words, my actions, my my attempts at breakthrough communication, I want them just like you you want them to be. I want them to be effective. Christian words are just Christian words. Now, the Word of God, when it is spoken or when it is read, the Word of God in and of itself is supernatural because the Word of God, and by that I mean the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, the Word of God is not just written words. The Word of God, according to the Bible, the Word of God and God are the same. And the Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ is the Word of God that became flesh. This is an explosive and powerful truth that will revolutionize your life and the lives of other people when you begin to fuel it. You know, people think that, wow, true spirituality, an authentic personal relationship with Jesus Christ, Winning people to Christ, leading people to the Lord, ministering to people, et cetera, et cetera. They think that 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 it's just you know it's like a cooking a microwave dinner. You just pop it in the microwave oven and set the timer. No, it's not like that at all. The the all in the all essential things that we have to grasp and operate on is we have to uh, to really understand what Jesus meant and what God meant in his word when Jesus Christ is called the word, meaning the word of God, the word that became flesh. Jesus Christ is not only part of the triune God, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Son is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is also the word that becomes flesh. Jesus Christ, think about this, Jesus Christ is the supernatural and living embodiment of the triune God, and he came deliberately and strategically and effectively to live among us. He came to be like one of us. He became human, except that he was born uh, of the Virgin Mary, who was supernaturally impregnated, not by a human man, not by her husband, but she was supernaturally impregnated by God. Now, we don't know how that happened, and that doesn't give us an open door for some kind of lewd, uh, inappropriate fantasies. See, the world system that you and I live in, we are in the world system, which is a Luciferian system. We're in the world, the Bible says, but we're not of the world. We're in the world system, but we're not of the world system. Because you and I, if we're born again and our sins have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus because we exercise our faith, you and I are just sojourners. We're just traveling through. We're just passing through this reality. But the difference between you and I and all the millions of people I was just talking about is they do not have the capacity. Well, excuse me. They have the potential and the capacity, but unless it's not enough to have the capacity 
and the potential to do something or to understand something. That's not enough. In addition to the fact that, that there is a potential and a capacity for you to do things or for them to do things, there must also be, along with that, there must be the desire and faith exercised by you or whoever God is speaking to. You have to respond to the reality of God's communication, not by suppressing it and saying it's a psychological aberration, not by bearing it or, or pseudo-scientifically trying to uh, uh, destroy it. You have to receive the truth of the Word of God by faith. And when you put your faith in the Word of God, and Jesus is the Word that became flesh, then, and only then, you move from the category of a potential spiritual total transformation. A potential. It's still a potential. But the potential can be activated by you. The potential can be activated by any person anywhere in the world. And that potential that God has placed in uh, your life or other people's lives is a gift from the grace of God, unmerited favor. But that potential can only be activated. It can only be made real. It can only come alive in your life supernaturally as you step out in faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So when you place your faith in the Word of God, which is truth, that causes the Word of God to be activated, to be released, and then those things in our reality, which are like frozen in time, or they're, they're categorized as potentials or possibilities. Potentials and possibilities make for like nice daydreams and positive vibes and stuff like that. But potentials and possibilities do not transform the world, overturn the, the temporal ruler of this world, Lucifer, and usher in the second coming or the return of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that? What causes something in this physical realm dimension of reality to be radically changed, whether it's in somebody's heart or external situations? There is a limitless possibility of radical transformation of reality and the fulfillment and answer to your prayers when you place your faith in Jesus Christ. By placing your faith in Jesus Christ and by receiving God's word by faith, then that activates, that animates, that energizes, and causes those somewhat abstract possibilities and potentials to morph or change into a vibrant and vivid brand new reality that you can live in beginning here on earth. Now think about that for a moment. God will make you, no matter what a garbage heap you may have made of your life, no matter how many tragic mistakes and errors, there exists the possibility for you and people you know 
And the only thing that hinders the fulfillment or the materialization of this possibility from coming to life is that these people have not heard anybody communicate the truth of the reality of this possibility and potential. Nobody has come to them and communicated the truth of this to them in a way that they can understand, in a way that their mind and brain processes, and in a way that motivates them or elicits from their inner man or woman a inner desire on their part to put their to take their faith and stop clinging to the ghosts or phantoms of of this present world system and you let go of this present luciferian world system mystery babylon and you transfer your faith and your belief to the word of god which is activated and Jesus is the word that becomes flesh. And so the word of God is supernaturally activated. The supernatural power of God, salvation, and all the other things, they materialize, they become real in this reality that we live in the moment we put our faith in the word of God. Now, what does that mean? It means that right now in America and the rest of the world, we are going through a, well, let's just call it for what it is. We are going through a demonically energized, demonically planned global reset, global reboot, if you will, that is designed not by God, but by Lucifer and the fallen angels and those that uh, follow and worship. Satan and Lucifer. So this entire world system and the empires of this world system that has been, it was birthed during the fall of mankind when Adam and Eve stopped putting their faith and belief in the word of God and listened to the serpent of old, and they ate from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, which activated the law of sin and death. So their disobedience, their rebellion, to the Word of God, energized, materialized, and activated the potential degradation of reality that God warned would be a consequence of their choice to eat from the fruit of the tree in the garden. So they disobeyed God. They lost their spiritual power. The death force was activated in them and the world. And then Lucifer was given the opportunity through Adam and Eve's disobedience. Lucifer was given the opportunity, which he seized, to be the temporary God of this present world system, along with the fallen angels and the demons. And he is in the process of initiating a global planetary revolution where his plan is that he will sit in the, the, the throne that will be rebuilt inside of the rebuilt temple uh, in Jerusalem, and he will demand that the world worship worships him as God and offers up sacrifices to him as God, and he will preside. He will be the false God that rules over this world system. 
and he will demand that everyone worships him as God, as this potential, this possibility, this uh, emerging reality, which comes from the imagination of Satan or Lucifer, a new world order, which has been rebranded and is now called uh, the Great Reset. And the United Nations and the World Economic Forum and the international banks and the wealthiest trillionaires and billionaires in the world are, are many of them are linked together in this counterfeit mystery Babylon global system. And you and I uh, live in a reality where all of this is happening before our eyes. But in order for us to be effective, in order for us to win people to Christ, in order for us to change the negative direction that our society is going in at a very high rate of speed, in order for us to bring people to the Lord, in order for us to minister to people and set them free. You see, what what is happening in the reality that you and I live in is a collective denial by by millions and billions of people in planet Earth, on planet Earth, a collective denial of real reality or final reality. And that is mankind, government institutions, the educational system, media, art, entertainment, all of this is uses its energy and resources to project a counterfeit reality, a virtual reality uh, of virtual human beings, a synthetic reality with synthetic human beings, a counterfeit reality based on an illusion, which really is synonymous. And we could simply say, not only is it based on an illusion, but one of the definitions of an illusion is that an illusion is a lie. It's a mythological reality that is based on a lie. Man is not God. And that's what this whole global reset or the Great Reset is all about. It's about the takeover of planet Earth by Lucifer, the installation of Mystery Babylon, the emergence of a one world government, one world religion, and one world economic system. And everything you see happening in the world today, the, the lingering fear in the atmosphere, the, the anxiety that, that moves invisibly from person to person in our social structures, and the accompanying depression and, and psychological uh, problems that it creates, the, the suicidal thoughts of young children and, and teenagers and young adults, etc., at an all-time high. You see, we know what the problems are, or we should know what the problems are that are affecting young people and affecting young adults. And so it shouldn't surprise us that when you shatter the truth of God's reality, which is real reality, which is final reality, when you allow that structure to be shattered, you're left with, with the equivalent of a, a, you know, a 10-year-old trying to assemble a giant puzzle piece and getting frustrated and, and then having a temper tantrum and throwing the puzzle pieces everywhere across the, the room, and all you have left is meaningless chaos. 
Now, I know that's a lot to swallow, so here's where we're going. Things, things are not what they appear to be. In every situation, in every appraisal that you make with your senses, as you look at the reality of this present world system, all of the drama, all of the chaos, all of the things that are transpiring are based on illusions, deception, and lies. They're not real. So whenever you look or examine anything, and the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun, when you look or process with your brain situations, when you try to analyze or figure things out, you have to understand that not only do you need a biblical worldview in order to completely understand what's happening, but you have to be able to look at the world not as a 10-year-old that had a temper tantrum and threw puzzle pieces randomly all over his room or her room, and so what you have is just a meaningless abstraction that, that, that's utter nonsense. Because the pu- unless the puzzle, unless the puzzle pieces are put together the way they were designed to, to be put together, then the pieces of the puzzle will not take on a shape that communicates a real reality or an accurate image or an accurate reflection that gives meaning to your life and meaning to life. It's just an abstraction. So. You and I are faced with this challenge. We are to look at things. And this is what we're supposed to do. I'll, I'll never forget these words. A very ordinary, and by that I'm not being disparaging, a very ordinary lady. Uh, I'll never forget it. I was in the, I forgot the name of this giant building. Uh, it's where all the buses go to in Manhattan. It's a gigantic New York City, Manhattan bus terminal, very near Times Square. It's massive. And and like a mile away or less is Grand Central Station, the, the massive railroad building where all the, the trains uh, connect in New York and other states. But on the other side of Manhattan, you have this massive bus depot where buses are coming in from all over the United States and transporting people everywhere. Okay, so you commonly, if you're taking the subway or other means of transportation, you you move uh, on certain side streets in Manhattan, and that will bring you to this massive bus depot. And every day, there must be hundreds of thousands of people that go up or down the escalators of this massive building these people are commuters. They're going to work or coming home from work, and it's crowded, and it, it's busy, and it's noisy, and it's like a central transportation hub. So I'll never forget it. I was barely saved uh, ministering at the Lambs Club on 44th Street and Broadway. I was barely saved. And you take these massive escalators down to the lower levels to to uh, Get on a bus or get on a different subway. So I don't know what the width of all these escalators were collectively, but it's it's like a it's like a very very wide uh, series of one large escalator after another, 
where people are, are all going down or all going up. And as I began to step onto the escalator, and the escalator began taking me and many other people down, at, at the base of the escalator, below me, I could see this woman visibly, because she was saying with a very loud voice. So her voice was so loud in the way that she projected her voice, it didn't come across as if she was yelling or screaming or angry or, or being a nut. That's not how she was being perceived. But she was projecting her voice loudly. So even though I was far away from her, I could very clearly hear her words. And I remember to this day, this is decades later, I remember to this day what she said to me and all the other people on the escalators as she was looking at us. She said these words loud and clear. Everybody could hear it. And these were the words she said. She projected to, to you know, thousands of people. She said, walk circumspectly for the days are evil which is a Bible verse. It's, it's from the Word of God. Walk circumspectly for the days of, are evil. Now, I, I, I heard that verse before, but when she said it, her words were not just the truth of the Word of God sinking into my heart and mind, but her words had an actual anointing of the Holy Spirit on them. And so her words... I believe, were, were piercing into the hearts and minds of, of New Yorkers and, and the people commuting. It cut through the defense mechanisms and the rationalizations and the justifications. And so when I heard those words, I heard the voice of the Lord speaking to me, not in an audible sense, in a still small voice. Her words, the Lord was speaking to me through her and her words. So those words were charged with the power of the Spirit. And that's why I only heard her say that once. And this was decades ago. And I can remember how she was standing. Uh, many, I can remember many of the things that occurred in the physical environment when she said those words. And I remember those words. Only, I heard them only once. But they sank into my heart with, with, a, with, with like the voltage of the Holy Spirit. And what the Lord was saying to me and everybody else was, these are the last days, Paul. That's what God was saying through this obedient woman. These are the last days. And so you need to walk circumspectly. Circumspectly means that you are, the, the, the signs of the times are happening. This is a dangerous time in the world's history. So you need to walk and be very careful where you go and watch your steps and and avoid evil, walk away from evil, and walk away from certain dangers. You just don't, you know, go along your merry way and get trapped by the evil one. You're to, to walk circumspectly. That means you're to walk with precision. You're to walk in a way that you cut off the possibility of evil or the evil one successfully attacking you. You're to walk circumspectly. It's, it's an admonishment from the Lord. Why? Because the days are evil. And you can always see the days becoming evil at a far faster rate when you're inside any of the giant cities of the world, like, like Manhattan or L.A. or Chicago or Paris or wherever. 
big cities seem to create a culture and an environment that accelerates the, the realization of the possibility or the potential of evil. So she spoke the word of God to me, and it was like a loving slap in the face. Just, just a, it's a love slap. The Lord was just grabbing my attention and reminding me, because I guess I was like 22, 22 years old at that time. So here we are, many years from that event where the Lord spoke to me from this woman. And she was just an ordinary woman being obedient to the Lord. She wasn't, you know, flamboyantly dressed. She didn't act like a religious maniac. She just looked like, you know, an ordinary mother or uh, somebody who works in an office or something. But clearly, she made a choice to obey the Lord. She prayed and sought the power of God and the anointing of God. And so when she spoke to the people on the escalators like me, she wasn't merely speaking words. She was speaking the Word of God that was supernaturally charged by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it created a miraculous transformation or the possibility of a miraculous transformation in the, in, in the people that heard it. So here we are decades later, and I've written, I don't know, I've literally forgot, something like 46 books, most of them on Bible prophecy, and teach Bible prophecy. And so walking circumspectly, I didn't do it perfectly, but I endeavored to do that. And walking circumspectly means you're to pay attention. You're to be on the lookout. You're to be sober and alert because your adversary or your enemy, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. What that means is the devil doesn't have permission to just wantonly attack and devour and destroy and kill and and rip to shreds uh, anybody's life he feels like it. God has the devil on a leash, and the devil is is even though the devil is active, the devil is under restraint. And when we walk under the covering of the Lord, that means clothed with power from on high. Because you see, if you're not clothed with power from on high, which is the title of my new book. Power from on high. If you're not clothed with power from on high, then you are naked. And if you're naked, you're basically useless because if you're naked in in society, you're, you probably get arrested for being a nut or an exhibitionist or something. So God doesn't want His people naked in the middle of a spiritual war where we're supposed to be walking circumspectly. Walking circumspectly would include being clothed with power from on high, and walking circumspectly, understanding what is happening all around you. Again, you're not just looking at a puzzle piece that a 10-year-old had a temper tantrum with and and threw the pieces of the puzzle and scattered them in in a meaningless way, so it just looks like a bunch of uh, abstract art with no accuracy or, or visual meaning. That's not what it's about. You're supposed to be looking at reality and understanding reality to the degree that you receive and operate in the mind of Christ by faith is to the degree you will be able to think with the mind of the Lord and see real reality, not an illusory reality. So you pay attention to what what is really being said, what is really being communicated 
behind the words that we're being bombarded with, the pictures, the images, the visuals that the media uh, is serving up in our minds and our children's minds, the, 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 the stuff that goes into our children's brains from the school systems and the educational systems. And, and the name of the game, because Lucifer is the temporary god or temporary ruler of this uh, world system, everything is said in code for the purpose of deception. So there's a constant stream of propaganda terms, uh, deception terms. So one emerging term is now, it's called One Health. And One Health refers to a global consolidation, a global takeover of absolutely every category of society. Every category of society, from economics, banks, electronic financial transactions, um, globalism in, in all its forms, under the deceptive guise of, of saying we're, we're going to put together a pandemic treaty, in reality, it really, it really has nothing to do with a pandemic treaty. It's just a, a disguise called One Health that allows for the globalists to initiate their global takeover of everything and every person on planet Earth. That's what's happening in, in our reality right now. And you need to know that, and you need to understand it. Now, if all you know is that something like One Health exists, and One Health essentially is a global takeover of everything, that's not enough. Because that is such a highly charged concept that it has the possibility and potential of hitting you, your children, your family, our society, our nation, our communities. The reality of this possibility is coming upon us with such force, it's like a storm. And if you don't understand what the Lord is trying to communicate to you at this particular hour, you potentially could be engulfed by the tsunami-like force of a disguised takeover via the pandemic treaty and One Health and the World Health Organization and an entire network of what we could call the medical industrial complex. So the whole world is being reconfigured under the deception of international health, um, taking care of people's health. But that's not the goal. That's the facade. What it's really about, what the UN and the World Health Organization are really about, is taking total control of all of society and every person in society. And one of the most strategic and effective ways to do that is to do that by subversively networking through the global health system. That opens the door for the possibility of receiving the mark of the beast, which is a neural implant, a biochip implant, a DNA chip implant, a microchip implant, uh, the cashless society. And so the rallying cry will be, you need protection, you need to be safe, you know, get a vaccination or whatever. But, but what's the real agenda? The real agenda 
is to create a control network, uh, a slave network, built on the illusion that you're taking care of the people and their health, which is, that has nothing to do with it. So it's not enough to know what's coming if you don't know what to do about what's coming. And if you don't know um, what's coming and whether what's coming is good or bad or good or evil, because you are charged by God, whether you're a male or a female, to be a protector, a caregiver, uh, a, a healer. Not, I'm not saying a doctor, but a healer, a spiritual healer, a prayer warrior for all those that you know and interact with, your family, your children, your grandchildren, or whatever. You're the one that is supposed to know enough of the truth so that you're not just looking at the storm before the storm hits and looking at it with fear and terror. That's not what God has called you to do. God has called you to receive an understanding from him that is embedded with the Word of God and anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit, which in some total gives you the supernatural power and the supernatural wisdom that you need to be victorious in the last days. And, and what some of the practicals are things like walking circumspectly. All right, we really don't have much time left. This ministry, many other ministries, are under attack constantly. For what reason? For speaking the truth in love. There are powerful, powerful forces that want to keep the masses in darkness and want to enslave the masses through lies, through deception. and. When people are called to function as watchmen on the wall and communicate the truth so that lives can be spared, souls can be saved, people can be ministered to, healing can happen. That's what this ministry in Paradise Mountain Church is all about. And I need you to partner with me. No man or woman can accomplish this all by themselves. We need the body of Christ to, to function by faith as the body of Christ. And to the degree that you obey the Lord when he uh, calls you to pray for ministries like this ministry and others, or to make financial contributions or donations, as you obey the Lord, you can be assured that the promises of God, God says that because you're obeying him and doing what he's asking you to do, then God says he will meet all of your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? He will meet all of your need according to the riches in Christ Jesus, or to the riches of God in Christ Jesus. What does that mean again? Notice that the Word of God uses the word need, that God will meet all of your need. It doesn't say God will meet all of your needs, plural. What is God trying to communicate with that statement? With that statement that says, and God will meet all of your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? In that one singular word, need, God places every potential need that you may have or people that you interact with may have or this ministry may have. God takes all of the various needs that you may have or he presents to you. 
And God puts them all together as one. And so all the needs that you deal with in this earth realm, all of the needs that you might have are now simply called God will meet all of your need in the singular. And when God says, and God will meet all of your need in the singular, according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, what God is saying is that he has taken every single need that you will be presented with, and he will meet all of your needs, but he he puts it together in one package, and so it's called need. And God will meet all of your need, singular, according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? What does that mean in terms of what we've been talking about, in terms of this reality we live in, and the fact that connected to this reality that we live in are potentials and possibilities, some of which God wants activated? How does that happen? And there are certain possibilities and potentialities that Lucifer and the fallen angels want activated. So how does it happen that these potential things, ministries, purposes, plans of God, how do the purposes and plans of God, how do the potentials of God move or transform and come alive in our reality? Well, the potentials become a reality. The possibilities become a vibrant reality, energized by the supernatural power of God. But that energizing force is released when God's people come together in prayer and repentance and ask God, using their authority in the name of Jesus Christ, and stand on the Word of God and claim the Word of God. So, one way for you personally to be supernaturally free of fear or anxiety uh, or what's happening in the world is for you to obey the Lord, to stop meditating on fear and to obey the Lord and fix your mind on Jesus Christ, fix your mind on the promises of God's Word, and then pray and ask Jesus to meet the needs or need of certain ministers or ministries or people or in your own life or perhaps your children's life, we're supposed to be conduits of God's blessing and resources. God is supposed to trust us, and as his faithful servants, we transport the the need that needs to be met in order for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what what happens is we put our faith in the Word of God and the promises of God. So we know that God says this, and God will meet all of our need, and that would include the needs of ministries like this one, Paul McGuire Ministries in Paradise Mountain Church, other ministries that God directs you to, other situations, other people, yourself, your family, and you stand on the Word of God. You don't do this just because it's a good idea. You do it because you're being supernaturally sustained by God and Jesus Christ. You're being supernaturally sustained, and your your own need is being supernaturally met 
through the law of reciprocity, as you sow, so shall you reap. So that when you obey God and respond to God and give a donation or a financial contribution or become a prayer warrior or any number of things, when you choose to obey God and partner with a ministry like this one or whatever God is leading you to, then you have opened up by your obedience and by your faith, you have opened up the channels of blessing, the doors of blessing, to not only bring into reality God's will on earth, but also you've opened up the channels of blessing in your own life, and you discover that fear is taken off of you, and anxiety is taken off of you because you are freed from the bondage and from the spiritual deception and the delusion of thinking that you have, it's all about you and your own individuality and your own individual strength, your own individual gifting, your own individual energy levels. And if you base your entire life on your own energy and your own mind, all of which need to be used, but if you're not careful, you can easily slip into the mindset of, of without, without realizing it, but kind of beginning to secretly perceive yourself as a kind of God, that your gifting and your energy and your job and whatever is, is what is your source. And, and God may use those things as channels of the source, but God wants you to have an understanding that ultimately in this reality, and this is the message from Genesis to Revelation, Ultimately, in this reality, all of your need is met not through your blood, sweat, and tears, but in partnership with God through faith and obedience. God will supernaturally open the doors, open the windows of heaven, and God says, God will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there isn't room enough to receive. Now think about that. So what God is saying to you now, and I sense that when I said those words, which is the word of God, God will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there isn't room enough to receive. When I spoke the word of God to you, I sensed that his word was both anointed and supernaturally charged up with the power of the Holy Spirit. So it landed in your heart and mind and world with supernatural force and impact and transformation. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. In a moment, in a moment, I'm going to expose, I'm going to shine the light on, let's just call it for what it is, the Luciferian endgame in the last days, the nature of deception, and what things like pandemics and propaganda, and spiritual deception, and technology have to do with the last days. Be sure to visit paulmcguire.us, that's paulmcguire.us, and get yourself a copy and loan it to people and get it back, use it for Bible studies of power from on high, uh, the greatest battle for the hearts and minds of mankind in the history of the world, the day the dollar died. They're all at a huge discount right now. Grab them, save them. Hard copy books you can keep. They're not, they can't be erased from computers, etc. So 
see the, the wise man sees the danger ahead, or the wise woman sees the danger ahead and hides himself or herself, which means protects themselves and their families from the evil that potentially is ahead. But God will protect you if you obey the Lord. So visit paulmcguire.us. We'll be back in just a second. You are listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. The, the theme of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and God, Bible is built on real historical events that really happened with archaeological proof, historical proof, and evidence that these people were alive. These nations both rose and fell. The Bible is built on truth and reality. It's not all the other spiritual books in the world may have all kinds of jazzy things to say, like Hinduism and Buddhism, et cetera, et cetera. By the way, I talk about all the uh, alternative competing religions to biblical Christianity in my book, Power from on High, because my journey in, in God saving me, I had to go through the minefields of spiritual deception. So I know from firsthand experience the power of spiritual deception, whether it's in the form of the Kundalini spirit that so many Christian women and, and men and just ordinary people, they don't realize that yoga, and I talk about my experiences with yoga in, in Power from Online, that yoga, those breathing exercises, the, the lotus position, the 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 Use the usage of a mantra like Om or whatever. That's all designed to to ignite and release the Kundalini spirit, which ultimately is the demonic spirit. It's designed to ignite the Kundalini spirit, and through breathing and yoga exercises, you ignite that serpent-like energy. It's a snake-like energy. That's why it's called the Kundalini spirit. And when you see pictures of artists' renditions of the Kundalini spirit and people doing yoga meditation, you see there's always a picture of a snake and a serpent going up a spine or a fire going up a spine. And the purposes of the breathing and the exercise and the yoga positions and the mantras, etc., etc., is to turn on the switch and open the door in the invisible realm or the spiritual world you, you, what you're doing, whether you realize it or not, is you're opening the door for the Kundalini spirit, which is a demonic spirit, to enter you or uh, control you externally, and it will continue to dominate more and more of your personality as you participate in what are essentially thousands of years old rituals from ancient Hinduism and Buddhism, etc., where they, where they summoned the Kundalini spirit. It's a supernatural power. Now, I've experienced that. I've experienced also cosmic consciousness through the teachings of Baba Ram Das, formerly Dr. Richard Alpert of Harvard. I've experienced becoming one with the universe, cosmic consciousness, seeing the great white light, OBEs, and studied and practiced all kinds of New Age and Eastern mystical-type religions. And miraculously, supernaturally, God blew that deception with his spirit, I can remember like it was yesterday, God detonated that architecture of spiritual deception and allowed me to see the truth about this reality. And that truth was, it became 
I remember it like it was yesterday. All of a sudden, all the the illusions and the uh, uh, gods of illusions and deceptions, I could see. It's like God's power touched my eyes, and I could see reality the way it really was, not through deception. And I understood that all these Eastern mystical, cosmic consciousness, Kundalini spirit, OBEs, all of these New Age, Eastern mystical, and occult activities and supernatural experiences that I experienced uh, were all counterfeits and illusions and deception used by Lucifer, the Shining One, to blind the eyes of the unbelieving so they might not see the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. So all that stuff was satanic hype and razzle-dazzle and fireworks so that Satan can use that stuff to deceive people. I remember talking to this famous guru who came with a, uh, he came with a whole fleet of giant buses, you know, new buses. And people, you know, he came out of San Francisco. His name was Stephen Gaskin. Came out of San Francisco, and he was speaking at major uh, colleges and universities across the nation. And I had a face-to-face discussion with him because I arrived early. He spoke at a large conference at the University of Missouri, and I stepped into the bus where where the devotees from his commune were. And uh, then I met him after his presentation, and. Uh, but but I, I thank God I, I I obeyed the Holy Spirit by the grace of God because some of my friends who were psychology majors actually quit the university to join that commune, and I didn't. And I looked into the eyes of this guru, this American guru, and I said to him, you know, I would like to trust you, but but something in me is resistant. I don't feel things are are, are quite right. I'm not sure what that means, but but I don't. I don't have trust in the integrity of what you're saying. And I I was a little bit more diplomatic than that, but that's essentially what I said to him. And and what caused me to know that he was energized by a spirit of deception? The Holy Spirit. Not my intellect. The Holy Spirit inside me warned me and kept me from destruction. Okay, so God will supernaturally enter your life and help you or enter this nation. The Pilgrims and Puritans experienced that, and the American dream was birthed from that. Now, let me read you something in the book of Malachi, and this is very important. This is how you conquer and and gain victory over the temporary Luciferian world system. You recognize that, as the Bible says, God is your source. God is our source. God is my source. So it says in in Malachi chapter 3, um, let's see. Well, I'm going to start a little bit early. Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. This passage of Scripture is talking about the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus Christ, coming to the temple in Jerusalem in the last days. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming. Who's coming? Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? What does that mean? It means that in the last days, you're going to need 
God's supernatural power in order for you to endure and to be victorious against the satanically energized forces trying to shut you down. That's what it means. You're not going to make it. You can't endure the day of his coming on your own strength or power. You must have. That's the message. Of the, the, my heart is on fire with this message for God's people. My heart has been set afire by the Holy Spirit in my inner man to share this message with God's people. That's why I wrote Power from on High. Because as I, as I sought the Lord intensely during the last three years while fulfilling my duties in, in this ministry, the Lord revealed to me, he made it crystal clear that none of us can make it. We can't endure the day of his coming on our own human strength. We must have, we must rely on, and we must secure the supernatural power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, the dunamis or the dynamite power of God. And then, uh, let me read this to you. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yes, you have robbed me. Think about it. It is possible, according to the Word of God, for you and me, whether we realize it or not, it is possible for us to rob or steal from God. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. Even you have robbed me. Even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven, and I will pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer, that's Satan, I will rebuke the devourer and the demons for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, um, nor the vine fail to bear fruit for your field says the Lord of hosts, and all nations, listen to this, this is to you and me, and all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. What this means is that, first of all, um, we need to have a, a biblical, a biblically sound understanding of tithes and giving to God and giving to ministry. It's not supposed to be a legalistic, good old boy type of network type thing. God considers us as thieves, as being guilty of robbing him, if we do not obey him in the area of our tithes and offerings. So, but it's not just a matter, I know so many people who give, who tithe, and make offerings, and I'm not their judge, by the way. And I'm not even the judge of the ministries that they give to, but so many of them give to ministries for motives of popularity, acceptance, uh, kind of buying their way into a, a spiritual office or position. And they're missing the, the main point that God is trying to communicate to us. For us to please God and not rob Him, we're supposed to give tithes and offerings uh, based on. Our relationship to what God calls the storehouse. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Okay, what that means is you don't bring your tithes and offerings and contributions into a barren, 
lifeless church or lifeless ministry where there's no real spiritual harvest or spiritual fruit. Because if you're doing that, you're just practicing dead religion. And practicing dead religion will place you under a curse. And that's what God says. And God doesn't want you to be cursed. He wants what God wants for you is he wants to open the windows of heaven, if you'll obey him, and pour out such a blessing that there will be not room enough to receive it. So you, you will be overwhelmed with the blessing, the material blessings of God. But what does God require? That you obey him and give to his storehouse. That means you're giving or donating and contributing to the ministries that are obeying God winning souls for Jesus, standing up for the Word of God, being faithful to the Word of God, etc., etc. When you commit and partner with those ministers and ministries, then the blessing that comes upon them, you share in. And part of that blessing is material and financial. And God actually is then released by His own Word. God is released to block the serpent of old, to block the devourer, to block Satan from attempting to curse you financially. You, when you obey God by giving where he directs you to give, you are blocking Satan's power to afflict you with a curse, with poverty, etc., etc. Now, that doesn't mean you can be a space cadet and disengage from acquiring knowledge and wisdom and planning and seeking the face of the Lord and and people skills and all the other things that go into generating an income. It doesn't override that, but you need God's supernatural blessing, and he promises it to you, and this is the way you receive the blessing of God. And then God says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So this means God is saying to you, whatever your financial struggle, monetary struggle or whatever, God is saying to you that he will rebuke the devourer. Who's the devourer? Satan, Lucifer, and the demons attempting to to stifle and kill your means of of uh nourishment blessing provision etc cetera, etc cetera. and then get god gets specific so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground that means whatever you do in life where you're planting seeds whether it's spiritual seeds or seeds of your work or your job or your gifting the seed that you plant in the soil, listen carefully, in the soil that God is specifically directing you to plant your seed in, when you plant the seed in the right soil, God is promising you that he'll rebuke the devourer, and you will be blessed with an abundance, and he will bless you in, in the material areas of your life. But it's based on the fact that he trusts you. You're a good steward. and so people will notice the blessing of God on your life. And they, it says in verse 12, And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. I remember as a young man, and in my early 20s and 30s, I remember when I first, well, I wasn't in California when I was a young man. So this would have been somewhere in my 20s. I first came to California. And I'll never forget, um, as I surveyed Southern California specifically, there were massive automobile plants. There were massive rocket production plants for the NASA space program. There were, there were massive factories. There were massive iron-producing factories. I mean, massive, acre after acre of, of, of cars being made. And all of these 
production. And all of this manufacturing was, was, were generating high-paying jobs for lots and lots of men and women. They were making really good money, and they had really good benefits. And people were prospered in a big way because manufacturing, uh, the building of cars and rockets and all kinds of things, and, and fruits and vegetables, the list was infinite. It, it could be, it, back then, it could have been said of Southern California, and all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. But you see, the prosperity came, and then the greed of the heads of these multinational corporations, the same people that are behind the, the Great Reset, began to ship all the manufacturing and production and assembling and agriculture and, and building of cars and steel and everything. They began to send it into China and third world nations, thus draining the money, thus draining the economic prosperity that once was being poured out upon Americans and, and in Southern California. And therefore, the American dream became possible. What caused this curse to come upon the land financially? What caused the financial chaos? What has caused all of this? Well, what caused it is that God's people violated the covenant, which means they violated the agreement that God made with God's people regarding giving and tithes and uh, bringing all the tithes into the storehouse. Giving for the wrong reason and giving to the planting your financial seed in the wrong soil doesn't produce a return spiritually. You have to obey God and do things the way God directs you to do them. And that's by obeying, reading, and understanding the Word of God. When you do that, you will see God make your life fruitful and multiply in every area. And that can happen again in America to whatever degree. God can intervene in your life personally, but you've got to be willing to walk in his footsteps and to obey him. You've got to be willing to do it and to listen to the Lord and obey the Lord in terms of doing what God told you to do on a, a precise, on a precision level. Let me read you something from the book of Zechariah. I want you to hear this. This is from the book of Zechariah, and it's talking about the last days. So this is Zechariah chapter 4, and it's verse 6. And he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. I didn't pronounce that right, sorry. Not by might, nor by power, but my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So this is the word of the Lord to you and I also. What is God saying to us? Listen carefully to the, hear the word of the Lord. Receive it in your heart by faith. Act on it by faith. And then be set free and be blessed by faith by the word of God. But you've got to hear the word of God. Let me read you this again. Not by might. That means not by your own human energy, human willpower, and human might. God is saying, not by might, nor by your own human power or your own human willpower or your own human strength. So it's not by might, nor by power, human power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. This is the sacred principle that God gives us 
the pilgrims and Puritans that made God and America prosper. We can see a spiritual revolution for good occur in America if we would obey God. And here is, you, you obey this verse here, you will see blessing. Our nation will see blessing. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So if you want to be victorious, if you want to meet the needs of your family, if you want to see uh, a blessing when, when a curse is, is all around you, remember the word of the Lord, not by might or your own strength or wisdom, nor by power, your own power, but by, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So the secret to seeing legitimate biblical prosperity, not counterfeit, hyper-faith teaching prosperity. Legitimate prosperity is to obey the Lord and to rely on the power of the Spirit. What does that mean in practical terms? Very simply, if it's not by might nor by power, then it's this is what God wants from us. He wants us to operate our lives and our activities by His Spirit. So how do we acquire the level of spiritual power that is needed to be victorious and to provide for our families and loved ones and finance the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How do we do that? We need what Jesus told his disciples what they needed before they turned the world upside down for Jesus Christ. They needed, all importantly, they needed power from on high, the dunamis, the dynamite power with God. And furthermore, Jesus told his disciples that he wanted them to seek the Father in Jerusalem and until the Father clothed them with power from on high. We win the battle when we stop trying to win it on our own strength. We become victorious when it's by God's power, power from on high. This is the message that the Lord has given me. This is not something that, you know, I, I didn't choose this title of the Word of God, Power from on High, the name of the book. You need to get it. I didn't choose that. Obviously, that's not, that's not a book where, where the title is the product of some marketing scheme. It's simply the title of the book communicates what it's all about, the raw, unadulterated, supernatural power of God. You need it, and I need it. That's what the essence of salvation is. We're all sinners. We're all dying slowly. All of us will come to an end. But if we have put our faith in the Word of God and become born again, and our sins have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ, then we are saved, beginning in this lifetime, but also including eternal salvation. And we will not die. We will. I mean, we will die temporarily, but to be absent from uh, the body is to be present with the Lord Jesus Christ. We will live in heaven, in paradise with an abundance of everything, and no pain and suffering and weeping and or crying. We will live in paradise for all eternity. And it's described in glorious detail in the book of Revelation. So, you know, fooey, to use the old cartoon term, I think it was from Popeye, Popeye cartoons, fooey on the demons and the demonic powers that, that are are they're playing at being God? We can overturn that by you realizing, acquiring, and by faith, the supernatural power of God to do this.
And where two or more of us gather together in his name, the name of Jesus Christ, whatever we ask Jesus Christ for in prayer, he will do it for us. Because he says, nothing, absolutely nothing is impossible with God. That has to be our our internal mental framework and our internal perception regarding reality. The only way we can be victorious and accomplish what God wants us to accomplish is that we have to begin to think and believe as the Lord Jesus Christ is instructing us to think and believe in his word. And that means all things are possible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Whatever, whatever we ask for in Jesus Christ's name, he will do it for us. You see that mentality? Not for selfish, self-centered purposes, but for the purposes of the kingdom of God. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. Pray for me and this ministry. We need to expand. We need to capture the hearts and minds of people, because if we don't, the evil one will. And we need to be victorious in this raging spiritual war that is erupting all around us and planet Earth simultaneously. The way we do that is we seek the face of God. We operate according to the Word of God, and then we will be victorious. God bless you. This is your servant and brother in Christ, Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. Mm-hmm.